Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, June the 29th, 2023, and I hope you guys have a fantastic day and a good week heading towards the weekend now, um, and awesome uh, chapter to read together today, Romans chapter 12, awesome. little shift in the book of Romans, you know, the whole first part of the book of Romans really is laying the groundwork. Uh, theologically, and uh, that of how we're saved, how we are grafted into the family of God, how Jew and Gentile alike uh, are both in need of Jesus and both benefit from a, from having faith in Jesus, and how we become one family. And now, in chapter twelve, and continuing on throughout the book, it gets more practical. Okay, now that you are a new creation, now that you are in the family of God, now that you've been grafted into uh, the people of God, uh, um, how should you live? What's What outwardly should be, uh, should there be a difference? Should there be a change? Um, how do you live out this uh, new new identity that is now rooted in Jesus? Yeah. All right, y'all, let's do it. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for sharing this and subscribing and liking it and getting the word out about it. Really appreciate that. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, oh, wait, wait, wait. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Therefore, and so therefore, you know, the old saying, you know, when there's a therefore, you got to know what you need to know what it's there for. And it's based on all the things that he said before, leading uh, the, the latter part of chapter 11, but really one could argue the entire first 11 chapters. Therefore, based on all of that, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacri- as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Beautiful passage, beautiful verse there. Um, so Paul is saying, um, you know, I'm urging you, I'm imploring you, I'm strongly <laughs> encouraging you uh, in light of all that God has done through Jesus on your behalf, literally bringing you from death to life, that in view of God's mercy in doing that, offer. So what is the response of in, you get a vision of God's mercy? When, when you get a vision of God's mercy, you offer. You offer what your bodies as a living sacrifice, your your life, your your the totality of your being. You offer as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. Notice, you you don't offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, um, and then God saves you. No, no, no. Because God has saved you, in view of God's mercy, in view of, in view of the mercy that has already been extended to you, out of that gratitude 
and out of the power that comes in having that relationship with Jesus, out of that, you live, a, uh, you offer your lives as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That's the ultimate worship God is after. Um, the the gathering of the of the faithful, the gathering of the of the people of God to worship. Um, that that's beautiful, and God delights in the praises of His people. He inhabits the praises of His people. But it really first the first order of worship is to offer your body yourself individually, to walk in holiness, to walk in godliness in a way that will please Him. Verse two: Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. By the, remo- by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Hmm. So many people are concerned about doing the will of God, and Paul is telling us here, unless you get your mind changed, unless you let the Spirit of God change your mind, you're never going to get the will of God. You're going to miss it. Because God changes our minds, our thoughts, our, our um, you know, value. So, so thoughts create values, right? Values create actions, and actions create lifestyles. <laughs> Begins with a thought. So um, the begin we want we want to have the right thoughts, and we want to allow the Lord to renew our mind. And so to do the will of God means that first we have to get our mind aligned with godliness. Uh, you might say a worldview, a biblical worldview, a godly worldview, a worldview that is inspired by the Holy Spirit, not a worldview that is secular or a worldview that is inspired or, or not even inspired, a world that a worldview that is infi- in, informed by secularism or just worldliness. Um, and that's what we're coming out of, right? Every one of us, we're coming out of a worldview of worldliness, which has me at the center of the world, all of what I want and what I desire, and the world's here to serve me, and the world's here to meet my needs and to make me happy and to, to make sure that I'm satisfied and um, to make sure I don't suffer and that I don't have any pain and that, you know, whatever, that I, I find comfort. That's a worldly, that's a worldly point, point of view. It's filled with fear and anxiety, um, hatred and bitterness and rage and malice. It's, it's filled with prejudice and bias and discord and um, ungodliness. And so how, and if that is what is, has filled our mind from day one, how are we ever going to discern the will of God with that being our worldview, if we think that's what the world is all about? No. So Paul's saying, no, you've got to have your, because of all God's done, we need to have our minds tra- transformed. Conform no longer to the pattern pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that that is uh, it's a tran- it literally is a transformation in the way you think. And then when that begins to happen, Paul says, then you will be able to set to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Which, by the way, the God's will in other places in Scripture, is that you be in Christ. You know, sometimes we think, well, what's God's will? Should I buy a, a Honda or a, to, uh, or a Toyota? <laughs> Lord, what's your will? A Corolla or an Accord? I don't help. 
Lord, should should I go to um, you know this college or that college? Lord, should I you know take this job or that job? And those are big things. I'm not. I'm not at least, at least the latter, the big job, the the Corolla Accord, probably not. But the but the but the job. But the first again, you got, you got to think of things from not from a worldly perspective. If you if you take in that that question, which job should I take? Well, if you're looking at it from a worldly perspective, what do you what are the things you're going to be looking for first of all? Is it going to make me more comfortable? Is it going to give me more money? Is it going to give me more power? Is it going to stroke my ego is it going to do all these things that that are that that the worldly person wants that's that's looking at it through the lens of worldliness looking at at that question of should i take this job through godliness is looking at it through lord first of all is is are you in this um are you guiding do do i have peace about this situation um how is my witness going to be affected my my witness as a child of God, how's that going to be affected if I if I take job A or take job B? Is this going to give me an opportunity to grow spiritually? Is it going to give me an opportunity to grow more into uh, who you've called me to be? Um, is it going to be a potentially a, a greater platform for me to let people know about you? See, that's looking at the same question. One through a worldly perspective, and and so many others. You could you could tether that out in a million different ways, but those that's looking at things in from godly perspective uh, versus a worldly perspective. And so you got to have your mind transformed, or you won't ever get God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. I mean, some people never really ask those questions, and then they make decisions, and then they get mad at God because you know this thing turned out the way it did, and it's like. Did you really ever look at that with a spiritual mind, or did you only look at that with a worldly mind? And that's true of purchases, of relationships, of relocation opportunities, of uh, partnerships, and on and on and on. So many decisions in our life. Verse 3, for by, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Hmm. Be humble, right? Humility is uh, not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. <laughs> like you just less often. You're not always thinking about yourself first. It doesn't mean you, you, you're undervaluing who you are as a person. It's just thinking about yourself less. So think of yourself with sober judgment. Um, for just as each of us has one body with many, many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, in the body of Christ, we, though many, form one body. So now Paul's imploring the body metaphor to describe the body of Christ, the people of God, the church. So it says, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Your arm belongs to your chest. Your finger belongs to your eyeball. <laughs> your big toe belongs to your knee. It's all part of the same body. They belong to each other. They rely on each other. They count on one another. We have different gifts. 
according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So Paul here is saying, whatever your spiritual gift is, um, you know, if your if your gift is mercy, then man, show mercy cheerfully. If your gift is uh, generosity, then give generously. If your gift is faith, then man, lead the way in believing God for big things. Um, don't be ashamed of the gifts that you have. If it's prophecy, if you're able to discern and see not only the present, but um, kind of understand how things will turn out, you have some insight in that, some supernatural wisdom and insight. God gives you a word for people or situations that are clearly not from yourself, but uh, have been proven to be true, then prophesy. Give people that word. And, but do it humbly, right? In sober judgment and in humility. Um, so the person who has the gift of faith is not greater than the person who has the gift of mercy. Uh, the one who has the gift of leadership, which means by, na- by definition they're probably going to be out front, doesn't mean that they're any greater than the gift of the person whose gift is in to encourage, to, ch- to cheer people on, to build people up. They're all equal. Just a, we belong to each other. I think that's, a, that's an important learning aspect for us in the family. We, we, when we become Christians, we become part of the family of God. We become part of an imperfect family, and it's supposed to be. It's not that we're not supposed to be perfect. We we. It would, it's unrealistic to expect the church to be perfect. Are you perfect? <laughs> so why in the world would we expect the church to be perfect? <laughs> because it's made up of imperfect people. Now, I think our mistake in the church sometimes is that we, we haven't been as forthcoming with our imperfections. You know, we kind of, sometimes we, we put on the air that it is a place of perfection. But, it's, but truthfully, it never has been, never will be a place of perfection. It's a place where people, watch this, are being perfected, but they're not perfect. In other words, they're, being, they're growing in their sanctification. They're becoming more and more like Jesus. They're becoming more and more like Christ. That's, that's the goal. That's what should be happening. But no one has arrived yet. So in the church, you'll see great acts of, of godliness and holiness, and you'll see some sin. Because why? Because people are in process. <laughs> and so in process, that means some people have really come a long way and they're doing amazing things for God. And the same people or perhaps other people also have glaring uh, weaknesses in their lives that God's still forging and, uh, and working through. And we, as, a, as individual members of the body of Christ, we belong to the body of Christ. We need to be in that community. We need to be in an, an imperfect community. It's in an imperfect community that we learn how things like patience, peace, forgiveness, self-control. You don't need forgiveness, peace in a perfect community. If there were such a thing, you wouldn't need patience because people would be perfect. <laughs> no, but how do you forge uh, those, uh, th- that fruit of the Spirit that help us become more like Jesus? You 
you create that that is created in us and through us by being in the family of God and in other ways too, but a lot by being in an, an imperfect community. Imperfect community is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Verse 5. Love must be sincere. You gotta mean it. You can't just fake it. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Hmm. Be devoted to one another in love. Devoted. I'm committed. I'm in. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Hmm. I hope you are experiencing spiritual fervor these days. Um, you know, the question is how, if I, if I sense my spiritual fervor is declining, what do I do? And it's a little bit different for each person. There are some, there are some standards, I would say, some things you can, some old reliables, you might say, to help spiritual fervor. But, um, of course, you know, spend, spending time in the Word of God, uh, spending time in prayer, spending time in worship, um, spending time listening to God. Um, Sometimes our spiritual fervor, sometimes what we define as spiritual, we are lacking our spiritual fervor, often it's related to a lifestyle thing. And I'm not saying like a lifestyle sin. It could, there, certainly that would quench your spiritual fervor if you're trapped in, a, in a, a, a besetting sin of some kind. But also like sometimes we have to take inventory of our lives. Like what is going on in my life? I'm, I'm saying this is a spiritual thing and I don't have my spiritual fervor, but look at your whole life. Like there's no... Sometimes we think of our spiritual life as a piece of a pie. We have our financial life, we have our relational life, we have our marriage life, we have our vocational life, and then on this other little slither of pie is our spiritual life. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Your spiritual life is over all of it. <laughs> the whole pie is your spiritual life. So your finances are a part of your spiritual life. Your marriage is a part of your spiritual life. Your children and your parenting is a part of your spiritual life. Your job is a part of your spirit. It's all part of our spiritual. Our health is all part of our spiritual lives. So sometimes when we're, when our, when we're, our spiritual fervor is declining or we feel like it's not like it used to be, be sure you're looking at the whole pie. It's not always just that little slither that we think is our spiritual life that, you know, includes things like church and our small group and our Bible studies. And that's our spiritual life. No, no, no. The spirit is our whole life. So sometimes when our spiritual fervor is the, is is uh, needs a little attention, it may be over in the financial area. It may be in our job. And the reason that we're struggling, our spiritual fervor struggling, is because our frankly we're having a difficult time at work. And so uh, just seeing that holistically. And so I mean, a lot of people have left the church because they because they're in debt. <laughs> They got mad at the church because their financials are, finances are in a wreck, and they think that by you know they 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 uh, they uh, dis they um, they project their frustration in one area of their life onto the church, or onto this little sliver of pie called my Bible study, my devotional life. No, no, it's you, you're, it's all you, man. It's all you, and it's all part of your spiritual life. So. Um, and I pray that you're all experiencing spiritual fervor. But the reality is we all go ups and downs, right? We all have ups and downs in our spiritual lives, in our period lives, period. <laughs> so, 
So, um, so when we're trying to take inventory of the causes of those low points, let's just look at our whole lives. And sometimes it's just, you know, just it's a season. It's a season, and it's predictable, and it's understandable. Um, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. It's a great spiritual... I mean, a lot of people don't think throwing a party is a, is a spiritual endeavor, but a, yes, it is. Throwing a party, opening your home to dinner, whether it's one other person, two other people, or 20, show, practicing hospitality is a spiritual practice because it, 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 is a, it is an image, it's a metaphor of what God has done for us. He has thrown a party for us. He has, he has thrown open the doors of his home to us. And he has practiced hospitality for us. He has extended hospitality to us. So each time we do that for others, oh yeah, it's spiritual. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Man, that's a hard one. Whew. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. You know, that's a great that's a great lesson right there on uh, empathy and and relational awareness. Like know where people are. You know, some people are rejoicing. Some people are mourning. Some people are experiencing great spiritual fervor. Some people are struggling. Being able to get where people are and, uh, and be an encouragement and be a, a, a companion in those, those seasons is a tremendous blessing to people. Um, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Yeah. Don't be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Yeah. Don't be trying to get people back. Don't try to chase evil. You know, if someone does evil, don't try to chase evil and get it back. Ah, just forgive and move on. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So as much as you can, try to live at peace with people. Try to live at peace in the body of Christ. Try to live at peace in your community. Try to live at peace with that PTA board or that homeowners association or whatever group, whatever you... As much as it depends on you, try to live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. So we don't have to try to get people back for stuff. No, we, we, we will try to live at peace. I mean, sometimes we can't, right? Sometimes it gets to the point where you can't live at peace, and so you have to go your separate ways. But as much as it depends on us, let us try to live in peace. And to, and to trust that God will take care of any wrath or vengeance that needs to take place. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on today. Great word, right? I mean, Romans 12 is so rich. I mean, you could spend the entire summer just reading through Romans 12 over and over and over and over again, especially though, that love and action piece from chapter from verse 9 to the, to the end, 9 to through 21. It's just like, it's like machine gun fire, like just points to take away, right? Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, be joyful. I mean, all these things, you could take one of those little phrases and just ponder them and pray over them and meditate on them. Mm, it's good stuff. 
All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on this uh, today and this week. Yeah, so we'll be, uh, I'll I'll probably post uh, Romans 13 tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a pre-recorded uh, episode, but it'll cover Romans 13. And also Monday and Tuesday. So Monday is July 3rd and Tuesday is July 4th. And so I'll post uh, some pre-recorded uh, past studies of Romans uh, 14 and 15 as well. So, all right, you guys have a fantastic day. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for uh, this community where we can learn and grow together. Help us, Lord, to be living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to you. God, may we uh, apply these charges that, uh, that Paul gives us in verses 9 through 21. Lord, that our love would be in action, that we would, be, that we would re rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn, but that we would be, for example, joyful in hope and patient in affliction, and uh, that we would practice hospitality. Lord, um, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for throwing up the, open the doors of your house and inviting us in and showing us hospitality. And so, God, we pray that we might be good examples of that to others. Lord, thank you for my friends. I pray you'd bless them and encourage them, Lord. You know the love that I have for them and they have for me. And uh, we thank you, God, for, for the, fa the family of God and the fact that we love each other and can be in this family together. So I pray you would encourage them and strengthen them. May you keep them safe this weekend as they go to barbecues and fireworks and all those celebrations, Lord, things that can cause a burn. So keep them safe. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my friends. You guys have, we don't want any burns, guys. We don't want any burns. We don't want anybody getting fireworks in their, in their hands or anything like that. No barbecue pits. I mean, come on now. Y'all be safe. All right, you guys. Love you guys. I really mean that. Um, hope you enjoy your uh, Independence Day celebrations this weekend and leading into the 4th. We are truly blessed to live in this country with the freedoms that we have, despite all of our, our weaknesses and our concerns for our country. Um, we still have to pause to give thanks for the freedom that we have and, uh, and also recognize those who, who um, fight to keep our freedom. So we're very, very grateful for that. You guys have a fantastic day. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing, all that. Thank you for getting this podcast out to other people. I really appreciate that. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.